Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. Series 8, a new integrated condo, saw six price adjustments within its launch weekend, just two days. Why? And could other developers follow suit? Development charges for landed and non-landed residential users have been raised for the half-year period from September the 1st. What does this mean for you if your property seller would be seller you're looking forward to an on-block sale and you realize the development charges for your area has gone up what does this mean for the potential sale that you've been looking forward to august was a record month for million dollar hdb flats 26 flats hit that million dollar mark now if you're thinking is this a bishan phenomena i heard the most expensive came from bishan what does this mean for me if i want to sell my flat in my area well let's talk property now with nicholas mark head of research and consultancy at era real estate good morning nicholas Good morning. All right, let's start with Passeris 8. It is a newly launched integrated condo, made the news because the price was adjusted six times during launch weekend. 2,000 PSF for Passeris, some are asking. There were only two transactions that crossed that mark, by the way. But I think broadly, people are looking at this thinking, gosh, if I came earlier in the line, does this mean I would have had better value? Is this fair for later people in the line? And does the pricing reflect underlying demand and supply of a well-functioning market, of a price that's really close to what buyers are willing to pay for, or does it hint at some dysfunction in the market, buyers wanting what the market doesn't have in ready supply? So DBS research analyst Derek Tan and Rachel Tan say it's a sign of an asset bubble. What do you think? What are the lessons from Passeris 8? Well, first and foremost, uh, Passeris 8 is uh, in so-called integrated development. That means it is a mixed-use development, residential with a shopping mall, mm-hmm. and is uh, located next to an MRT station, the Passeris MRT station. And projects that are near or next to MRT station has always been popular, um, but it is rather, uh, rather unusual for the price to be changed um, several times uh, during in the day, during the launch. Um, so uh, I think this uh, led to quite a lot of... Um, comments on social media. Uh, the, the thing about, uh, I think the numbers that's been uh, mentioned, about $2,000 per square foot for a um, 99-years condominium in uh, Passeris, um, well, that is about the peak. The average price is roughly about $1,600. Uh, I think uh, people can actually go to URA website and uh, find the facts for themselves. Uh, but I think that... Um, and so that average about- price is normal for Passeris? Well, it is still a bit cat uh, high, but for suburban areas, uh, other parts of suburban areas, like for example, maybe Sengkang, Aukang, or uh, and and even for Topayo, that is actually considered fairly uh, getting to be normal mm-hmm. for a new launch. Yes. Um, now the thing about asset bubble, I, I would say, as the saying goes, um, a solo does not a um, uh, summer make, and similarly. A single project does not make a market. So mm-hmm. this um, project actually does not represent the entire market. 
Uh, and the, yes, there was actually a lot of pre-marketing, uh, pre-launch marketing activities done, which is why it generates a lot of um, excitement. Uh, and the, the results is that uh, there was um, this uh, opportunity for prices to go up. And to answer your question, yes, of course, those people who bought earlier, who's, who was earlier in the queue, who managed to buy some of their apartments, their choice apartments at a lower price than subsequent ones. So I wonder if this is going to feed the Singaporean psyche. We like to line up, right? And people line up even earlier than the rest. They camp over overnight because they want to be the best at Swaku. They want to get the best price. I guess the question moving ahead, Nicholas, is do you think other developers could reprice similarly? Take advantage of what they see as willingness uh, from the buyer's side to keep upping the price? Well, actually, um, some of them tried. Uh, in fact, the weekend after that, there was a, a, also a flurry of uh, messages going through WhatsApp. Actually, they originates from uh, some property agencies claiming that uh, these are the lease of condominiums, which will uh, prices will go up uh, in a couple of days. So you better buy now. You know, it's it's basically uh, fanning the fear of missing out of FOMO. Um, but I think that because um, for many average Singaporeans uh, who can buy one and at most two homes, and because of the cooling measures, the additional buyer stamp duty, which is very heavy, almost if you were to buy a second property, mm. the amount of tax, additional tax you have to pay to the government is equivalent to buying a brand new uh, Japanese car. Wow. So, so it's like you are giving a free car to the government when you buy your second investment property. <laughs> so so you have to so many buyers have to think carefully. You you, you really have to weigh your options uh, and uh, choose carefully also. So it's not like oh because this is this is not like buying a can of baked beans, you know, oh prices go up, let's go and buy some more so we can keep it in the storeroom. <laughs> it, it doesn't work <laughs> like that. So I think we have to we, we, um, I, the advice to buyers is uh, way carefully. There is still actually a, a fair bit of choices out there. So um, take your pick. Go online. You can find. You can still find there are projects out there, whether they be near MRT stations or not. Uh, and do your homework. Actually, there is actually quite a lot of uh, websites and and so on that uh, you, you have to weigh. You have to take some of them with a pinch of salt, but. Um, do your homework first. You know, the analogy, I think, uh, for Pasir Ris Drive 8, some have made, is the toilet paper rush at the start of the pandemic. Everybody, you know, was rushing for toilet paper and the stores all ran out of toilet paper because the stores couldn't adjust the prices for toilet paper, even though there were many more buyers thronging and willing to pay for them, right? So, um, I guess, I guess the big question is how hot are integrated developments really in the market now? Well, the land for integrated development, firstly, it is a bit limited because uh, you, you have to be next to uh, MRT stations and some of the MRT stations already have something like an integrated development. Um, but it doesn't mean that every one of them um, is basically a very good buy because developers also know that... Um, Buyers are like to buy projects next to MRT stations and the price can be higher, so they are prepared to also pay higher price to buy the land. As a result, this, um, all these additional costs will eventually pass on to the home buyer. Mm. And on top of that, we also have the pandemic effect, which is that construction costs has increased. And by some estimates, it may have increased by as much as even 30%. So uh, with higher uh, land prices, higher construction costs, and of course, a longer construction period, 
uh, all these actually could uh, factors that actually home buyers have to consider. So just because it's next to the MRT doesn't mean you're going to make money off it. You've got to consider the, what's being baked into the price when you buy it, right? So, Nicholas, help listeners out there. Maybe they want to buy an integrated development, 99 years. What should they keep in mind? Well, I think that everybody is aware of integrated development. You know, you've got a shopping mall downstairs and it's next to MRT station. Uh, yes, these are all the plus sites. Mm. There are also other things that people have to consider. Firstly, is that you're buying something that is a bit more expensive and nearby and uh, than other condominiums that's a bit further away. Um, secondly, is that um, some people say that, oh, because of the pandemic, people work from home, so you, are, you want to be on top of a shopping mall so that you can just go downstairs and buy your food or groceries uh. Uh, on, and next to an MRT station mm-hmm. um, for convenience. But the flip side of it is that if you are working from home, you don't need to commute to the office every day, then there's actually no need to be so near to the MRT station. Another counter-argument mm-hmm. is that um, popular shopping malls with very high footfall also has a higher chance of becoming a COVID cluster. Oh my! And would That's you, true! You have, and you have to consider, <laughs> do you want to live on top of a COVID cluster? Um, now, these are some of the things that you have, to, you have to consider because some people... Now, integrated developments were not always very popular, especially about 15 uh, to 20 years ago when some of the first ones appeared because mm. some people prefer to live in condominiums, mm. that means a, a pure condominiums. Um, it has more facilities, because, um, it has bigger swimming pools, it has tennis courts and, and so on. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is also that uh, sense of privacy. Mm. You know, you, you don't have a large uh, people, a uh, lot of public going, uh, coming and going uh, in the development under your condo. More privacy, more quiet. You don't have strangers walking in the vicinity near where you live. Yeah, I get that completely. And the price as well, right? The price has got to be reasonable. Yes. Um, there, there, are, there are plus and uh, minuses. So I think uh, for home buyers, mm-hmm. uh, you might want to consider this. I guess for investors, well, if they're not living there, um, buying a property near MRT stations uh, certainly makes it easier to rent out. So that is uh, another plus point. Thank you, Nicholas. That's great. Let's talk about development charges. Right now, we know that development charges have gone up for certain areas. Non-landed residential use been raised by 10.9%. The steepest rise since 2018. And Mm -hmm. on average, what does this DC rate hike really mean? I think it's interesting for people who are looking to unblock their apartments and they're thinking, oh no, if there's a higher DC rate charge for the use of this land, this means that less developers are going to be willing to bid for it. Is that necessarily the truth? What does the DC rate hike mean really uh, for would-be property sellers? Well, um, first and foremost, uh, a, a development charge is actually a tax on the land. Mm. When the developer wants to intensify the development of the land. For mm. example, uh, the land uh, is has a uh, baseline of building up to, uh, let's say, for argument's sake, uh, just uh, 200 uh, apartments and the master plan allows it to build more, let's say 300 apartments. So to build that additional 100 apartments, the developer has to pay a tax to the government, which is in the form of a development charge, which is determined by the government. Now, this, um, so 
if the higher the development charge, which means that um, the developer has to pay more, mm. but most developers will still want to build up to the maximum allowable floor area for that piece of land. After all, if they buy the land, they want to uh, maximize its potential. So a higher um, development charge basically might mean that the developer might not build additional bonus uh, GFA, like for example for balconies and so on, because it's now becoming more costly, unless they believe that if they can sell all this space, the apartments, the balconies and everything at a higher price in the future. If they, if they hold that belief, they may, will still go ahead and pay the higher development charge, uh, but eventually they will sell their new launches at a higher price. So higher development charge could, uh, may not necessarily uh, sink the on-block sale because there are older developments where even if they are redevelopment developed, the developer does not need to pay any development charge because uh, the baseline is already very high. So as a result, um, higher development charge uh, on most times, it could mean eventually higher prices down the road. Oh dear. So DC rates highest 19% in sector 16, sector 107 that covers Chinatown, Duxon, Cantonment Road, Upper Thompson Road, Lentor Avenue, Ang Mokyo Avenue 6 amongst other areas. So it doesn't necessarily sink their chances of uh, going on block, you say? Yeah, it doesn't necessarily sink their chances, mm. but it also doesn't mean that all the properties in that location, the prices are going up. Only those that are going to be redeveloped right. uh, might eventually be launched. And nowadays with a construction delay in two years' time, for example, mm-hmm. um, and they, could, they might be launched at a higher price because now the uh, whole development cost, land construction and development charge has increased. All right, might go up anyway. Okay, let's turn our attention to a happy topic now. August saw 26 resale HDB flats selling for at least $1 million. That's a lot of happy sellers. It's the highest number of million-dollar flats sold in a month on record. The most expensive flat sold was a 1.28 million five-room design, build and sell scheme unit at Natura Loft at Bishan Street 24. Uh, Was it your agent from ERA who sold that flat, Nicholas? Uh, yes, it's, it's one of the agents. It was, uh, from ERA. All right. Yes. Now, more broadly, the 26 flats made up 0.9% of last month's total resale transactions. So still, you know, not even 1% of total resale transactions from million-dollar sale mm. flats, right? Uh, but the total number of million-dollar flats this year, 151 in just the first eight months, just to give you some perspective. Uh, this according to flash data from SRX, their real estate portal. So... Our question, Nicholas, is what makes for a million-dollar flat? This would be helpful to sellers. And as Mm -hmm. buyers, uh, what can they expect price-wise from the HDB resale market? But maybe we take a step back. Uh, What is it about this particular flat that translated to the price? Is this about a Bishan phenomena? This is Bishan Street 24. (laughs) Well, um, Bishan, uh, being a small town, central part of Singapore, is near to all the amenities and also um, there are popular schools nearby. Yes, it is um, in, uh, a very popular town. Uh, it has the public housing there has um, managed to maintain its value. Um, the, that's all the plus side. The other thing is that, um, oh, coincidentally, the Bishan, they were one of the first town to also see it's the first million dollar flats in Singapore. Oh. The other one is uh, Mailing Street. Um, no, the 
the thing about this, uh, some of these million dollar flats, they, they share certain uh, characteristics, including this uh, record breaking one is that firstly, uh, they tend to be located on fairly high floors. They are usually the larger units, like for example, uh, a five room flat. They are all very well maintained. Uh, that means basically, uh, if you visit them, they look like one of those uh, model show flats, you know, mm. um, that you see at uh, condo launches. Um, they are, and basically, it gives that very good uh, feeling when uh, for people who who walk in for visitors. Um, the other thing is the view. Uh, the, the view there's unblocked view, and and usually the view might uh, be looking at uh, perhaps some greenery. It's not just looking at the next block that is like uh, 200 meters away. And uh, also, it's fairly cool. Uh, I guess uh, the, because of the high um, elevations and also the unblocked view, you, you get cool breeze. And I think in Singapore, in our hot and humid weather, that is definitely a plus point. Uh, mm-hmm. So all this uh, put together, basically the, the unit is a move-in conditions. The buyer doesn't need to do any renovations or repairs. And that um, but that is on the supply side. Now, on the demand side is that there are home buyers who, uh, firstly, we all know that uh, because of the pandemic and the con- delay in BTO, there are buyers who want to buy or prefer to buy uh, resale flats because it's, there is more certainty there. Secondly, is that there are also some HDB upgraders who find that the prices of um, uh, condominiums uh, in the suburbs, which are 99-year leasehold condominiums, are getting a bit out of reach. So they still have a budget of 1.2 million to 1.3 million. So they may find that, well, instead of stretching themselves uh, financially, they choose to buy million-dollar flats. And uh, I have done a study and to compare, well, what can you buy in Bishan if you have a budget of 1.3 million? Wow. And most of the older um, three-bedroom 99-year condominiums around Bishan, the prices has gone beyond 1.3 million, which means that if you have a budget of 1.3 million and you want to buy something, a three-bedroom unit in Bishan, um, it's the HDB flats. And you can still get HDB flats uh, in Bishan at under a million dollars. So for some people, especially if they are um, maybe a decade or so from retirement, they may choose to keep some money in reserve Mm -hmm. and buy some uh, HDB flats. This is why we love speaking with Nicholas Mark, Head of Research and Consultancy at ERA Real Estate. Always gives us great insight. Um, Nicholas, we have to ask, my friends in Australia tell me the property market there is heating up amazingly. In mm-hmm. Singapore, because of COVID, how many million dollar flats do we know have sold during COVID? Do we have a sense? Well, I think uh, we are nearing almost 100 uh, from, well, if we take that COVID started somewhere in January or February last year, mm-hmm. uh, we are almost nearing uh, 100 plus, crossing the 100 um, flat mark. But I must also put something in context, mm. which is that the percentage of million dollar flat, uh, million dollar flat as a percentage of overall HDB uh, resale transactions is still under 1%, mm. which means that just because Joseph Schooling is a Singaporean and he can swim um, at Olympic uh, standard and most Singaporeans can swim doesn't mean that every Singaporean can swim as fast as Joseph Schooling. Ah. Which, so using the analogy, not every HDB flat can reach a million dollars. But I have some uh, little tips for buyers who want to sell their HDB flat and perhaps hope to get a higher price. Is Number one, declutter your flat. 
uh. right? Uh, especially you want for viewing, declutter it, uh, make it nice, um, neat and tidy. If you really have a lot of things, you might even want to consider renting a self-storage space just to store some of your extra barang-barang mm. and then uh, so that you make your place neat for the viewing. Number two is that you don't need to renovate your house uh, but if, let's say, your, your pain is um, it's 10 years ago since you paint your place and the hairline cracks uh, and so on, you might consider uh, painting it. Otherwise, clean, clean the, the, the whole place, especially the cobwebs in the corner and so on. Number three is perhaps half an hour or so before the visitor go and view, switch on the air conditioner, cool the rooms, uh, because not every flat is on the high level and has nice breeze. So cool some of um, cool down the rooms a bit, and so that when the visitor comes in, especially from the hot, humid weather outside, they, they get this nice feeling. Wow, everything is nice, neat, cool, clean, and bright. That's the other thing. Uh, make make the place bright. So it, because um, when it is brighter, it also gives a better impression. First impression counts. Absolutely fantastic tips. Marie Kondo, your way to a million-dollar flat, perhaps. Nicholas Mark, Head of Research and Consultancy at ERA Real Estate. Nicholas, thanks for joining us. Well, it's always a pleasure, Michelle. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.